What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. I know normally I record on Mondays, but... Um, due to the Bills game and the way it ended, I wanted to take a full day, you know, to kind of decompress, go over the game, watch the highlights again, again, excuse me, um, and give an accurate assessment. Because if I would have done this yesterday, I would have just been all pissed off and I would have just gave an emotional response instead of trying to find the positive negatives of the whole game, um, looking at the bigger picture and everything. So I'm going to be going over the Bills, heartbreaking loss to the Cardinals, um, why the Bills need to not take the Dolphins lightly. And then to end the show today, we'll be going over the Sabres' new retro jerseys. I think they're awesome. Kind of just go over the details, an overall grade of what I, they are, as well as a Brandon Montour tweet that he deleted shortly after posting it. I'll talk about why that would be something to monitor. But starting off with the Bills game, <sighs> Bills Mafia, I feel you. It was tough. It was heartbreaking. Um, I probably hadn't felt that way about a Bills game since um, probably the Texans game. You know, that was a heartbreaking game as well because we did a lot of things to win that game. Even the Bills-Dolphins uh, game week 17 when we first made the playoffs, just the thought of, you know, the Bengals-Ravens game, just the emotions itself was kind of that feel, but just this time it was in a bad way. Um so overall, I think any football fan would respect how great of a game this was. Um, a lot of people are saying if we could get that as a Super Bowl rematch, that'd be a great game, and I completely agree. I think both teams are very similar. They have decent defenses. You know, they're very up and down at times. You know, Arizona's really, really good at running the ball, running the read option, but have a lot of good receivers and peace on offense. Bills aren't as good at the run at all, but they can pass the ball, I think, a little bit better um, than the Cardinals can. Kyler and Josh Allen are both very dynamic, up-and-coming quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks, who are going to be the elite talents of the NFL for the next, hopeful, 7 to 10 years to come. Um, The Bills, you know, the Bills had this game, to be quite honest with you. I know it came down to the Hail Mary, and I think I'll talk about that play first, so... There's 11 seconds left. The Bills elect to call a timeout. And I know people, there's a bunch of people that elect or disagree with the timeout call. I completely agree with why the Bills call a timeout. You want to try to get the personnel you want on the field, regardless of what play is going to be getting called, because you know they only have one to two plays left. You know that with 11 seconds, either they're going to try to run 10, 15 yards downfield, get a quick out route, you know, post, get out of bounds, and maybe make it a little bit shorter for throw for Kyler, or you know you're going to have to take a shot at the end zone. So I think the Bills were understanding of that, want to call a timeout, reassess what they want to do. And I think a lot of people would agree with it had the game not turned out that way. If DeAndre Hopkins doesn't catch that ball, if the ball goes incomplete, we Bills intercept it, whatever the what happens uh, after that, People probably wouldn't be saying much about timeout. I think that timeout is more of an excuse for Bills fans to, you know, blame McDermott and them um, for that. But I don't blame them. 
The catch itself is just unreal. DeAndre Hopkins is a -a one-of-a-kind talent. I personally think he's the best receiver in the game. And to me, I think after watching the replay over and over, you know, seeing it a million times that night and yesterday, even a little bit today, um, I know you're going to be seeing that catch all year, and it's going to suck if you're a Bills fan to watch it, but, you know, Hopkins just makes a great play. Um, the Bills were in good position. You know, Trey White just jumped maybe a second too late. Poyer was coming from a little bit farther out, so he never really got a chance to get at the ball. Um, I know he ran into Trey White, but it didn't really matter because Trey White had already jumped. Uh, Micah Hyde, to me, is the one that had the best chance at either breaking it up or trying to punch it out. But um, Good Morning Football brought up a good point. And just looking over the four players just in that picture. So you have DeAndre Hopkins, who's six foot one, 36 vertical, uh, 10-inch hand size, so big hands. Trey White's only 5'11", 32 vertical, 9 and 8th for hand. Poyer, 6 foot, only a 30-inch vertical, 9 and 3 fourth hand. Hyde, 6 feet for height, 33 vertical, 9 and 3 eighths for hand. Why does that make a difference? Because, one, it's a full inch or two taller than all the defenders on him. He has almost a 4-inch vertical higher than both Trey White and and Jordan Poyer, who were in front of him. Micah Hyde was behind him and still three um, lower than him for vertical. And Hopkins has the biggest hands. Hopkins jumped first, was able to get the position he needed. Um, you know, Mario Addison was putting doing a good job getting a rush on Kyler. You really wish he makes that tackle or at least pressures him to go back the other way or just to do something a little bit more. Um, do you want your defenders, your three best secondary players to knock that ball or pick it off or whatever? Yes. Um, they should make that play. I'm not going to say they shouldn't. But at the same time, you got to give credit where credit is due with DeAndre Hopkins. But like Josh said in the post game, and after going over you know, the game film and everything and looking at the box score and everything, there were a lot of things that really stood out to me, and especially what Josh had said, and that this game should not have come down to one play. So let's look at the Bills offense, who I need to actually point the finger here at Sean McDermott because all season, something that's really pissed me off is that every single game, except for I think maybe one game this year, we come out of the halftime in the third quarter and we just look flat. And I don't get it. We start games well. Second quarters are usually pretty good. We're usually pretty good at ending the halves. And then third quarter comes around, and we have one of the worst point differentials in the NFL. To me, that comes down to coaching. That's something you're saying in the locker room. I don't know what it is if they're taking their foot off the gas. They just don't have a good game plan coming out of halftime. Whether they just think because they're in the lead, they can kind of go in cruise control. You haven't been to the playoffs enough time. You haven't been a successful head coach enough times to earn that credit to do that. You're 0-2 in the playoffs. You've barely beaten good teams, Sean McDermott. You have a number of good wins this year, but before this year, you were like 3-15 in career games against eventual playoff teams the year you played them. You know, and to me, they just come out and they just don't have it in the third quarter. You look at 
the Bills offense after Cole Beasley's touchdown to make it a 23-9 lead. This is what happened for the offense. Three plays, six yards, punt by Bajorquez that went 12 yards, so not great special teams. Three plays, 14 yards, and an interception the next time we get the ball back. Then we have six plays for five yards and a punt. Then we have four plays, eight yards, a punt, took four penalties for 35 yards, and that was following the Jordan Poyer interception when the Bills were trailing 26-23 to kind of give them momentum. And then the next one was Josh's one-play, zero-yard, just brutal interception. Um, to me, Josh had an okay game. He was very bad at certain points. It was look, it was rookie year Josh Allen, just throwing a lot of dangerous passes. It was almost the typical, my arm is stronger than everyone else's, so I'm just going to force the ball in there, and it didn't work twice. Patrick Peterson probably should have picked him off two more times. Um, the offense just wasn't good. Brian Dable, I still don't have a grasp of what I think about him. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. He's not great. He's not bad because every game, every single game, he has moments of just pure genius. Like, you're thinking in your head, I don't know how the hell he came up with that play. I don't know how it worked. I don't know why he called there and it did work. But great job. Keep doing that. And then you have plays like in the third and fourth quarter where, you know, the John Brown screen has worked a few times the past few weeks early and late in games. But then defenses start to pick up on that. We start throwing it like that. Or the design of runs are just not working. Our run defense and run offense is atrocious on both sides. I don't know what happened to Devin Singletary. Part of it, I think, is the when he's getting the ball. And, you know, last year I feel like he just had a lot more open field and make people miss. Zach Moss did an okay job for the few carries he had. But the run game has to get going. Um, and there's really not a lot of free agents to really go out and try to bring in. Like, you're kind of stuck with the guys you have. Um, you know, the play call throwing it from Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Allen, it's a brilliant play call. Then you go late in the game and you're handing the ball off when it hasn't worked all day or you're throwing the screen to Diggs or Brown and just not working. Um, just questionable calls like that that make me wonder what Dable uh, is doing sometimes. Um, Bills run defense, you know, the Bills defense overall I thought had their best game of the year personally. You know, you can say it was week one against the Jets or, you know, a few weeks ago. But, you know, I thought for the most part they held Kyler in check passing the ball. Um, run defense was still bad. 16 carries for Kenyon Drake, 100 yards. They did force a fumble on him. Uh, Murray, 11 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns. Edmonds, 8 carries, 56 yards. All those guys are averaging 5.5 plus yards a carry. Uh, that's something that can't happen. The second Kyler Murray touchdown, I don't know how you bite on that. To me, you let them hand the ball off to Drake or Edmonds in that situation. You have to adapt to Kyler Murray running that read option play. Um, but um, even with all that bad, there were some good things to come out of this game. Um, the final drive that Josh put together was amazing. 12 plays, 78 yards, touchdown to Diggs. 
you know, that Diggs trade just looks more and more like a win each and every week. That's exactly why you go out and get him. As he said when he got up catching that touchdown, that's why you pay me. Um, Allen Clutch, once again, um, has proven time and time again, fourth quarter game-winning drives. That should have been another game-winning drive. Um, you know, he comes up for the Bills. Cole Beasley, huge plays, including that awesome one-handed catch. Um, two big third-down conversions there. The defense really kept you in this game um, when it seemed like the momentum was completely turning and Josh wasn't playing his best ball. Um, so it's really good to see the defense really starting to come alive. Uh, Tyler freaking Bass was amazing. Dude was launching field goals from 50 yards plus. Um, really good sight to see. Um, special teams was okay at points. Under Everett started the game with a great punt return. Or excuse me, kickoff return, but then later in the game kind of hurt the Bills um, with that. And I think the bye week does come at a good time for Buffalo just because... You know, you can tell that the team itself, I think, needs to get regrouped. Obviously, you wish you could be going in the bye 8-2. and two, But you're going to get Levi Wallace, Josh Norman, Tyler Croft, all major parts of your offensive defense back. Um, Dean Marlowe as well. Um, they're all going to be back and healthy. Matt Milano should be good to go after the Chargers game following the bye week. So it's a very good chance um, to get people more healthy. Mitch Morris, Cody Ford. Um, John Brown's injury has been a big concern because you see the offense is just different when he's not out there. We are able to still move the ball, but um, you know we haven't had a tight end step up all year, and we need, even though as good as Gabe Davis has been as a McKenzie's a good utility guy, you need a better third receiver, and John Brown is that guy because Beasley's in the slot. You need that guy opposite Diggs. Um, I would take a long look at free agency for the Bills for tight ends. Um, Delaney Walker, I know he's up there in age, but you just have to get more production out of the tight end spot. Dawson Knox has been a huge disappointment this year. Um, he's been brutal at times. He took a huge penalty um, in that game. The refs had some very iffy calls. The Devin Singletary penalty I thought was complete BS. But um, that kind of leads me to the next thought about the Dolphins. So right now the Bills are 7-3. and three. Dolphins are 10 and, or 6-3. and three. The Bills are going into a bye. Uh, the Dolphins play at Denver. Drew Locke is not supposed to play, so it'll probably be um, ripen at quarterback. So that's going to be a win for the Dolphins. So coming out of the bye week, the Bills and Dolphins are more than likely both going to be seven and three. Now the Bills have an advantage because they're four and zero in the division. Dolphins are one and two, so that's good for Buffalo. However, the Dolphins have a lot easier schedule. So at 6-3 right now, they have at Denver. That should be a win. At the Jets, that should also be a win. Versus the Bengals is a tricky game. It's almost a trap game. I think Joe Burrow's been playing some really good football. Um, That could be a game that could go either way. Versus Kansas City, I think Kansas City wins that game. Versus the Patriots, very interesting. They already lost to them once this year. Um... Cam Newton's playing better. Um, Belichick's going to have that team ready to go, so that's a questionable game. And then they play at the Raiders. Another tough game. Raiders playing good football all year, and then they finish at Buffalo. Buffalo has the bye week versus the Chargers. Tough team, but a very winnable game. And you have Monday night the following week, so you have an extra day rest going into the 49ers, playing them without Garoppolo and without Kittle. And no Bosa on defense, no Solomon Thomas. 
Very winnable game. Matt Milano should be back by then as well. So that's going to be great for them. Then you come and play the Steelers at home on Sunday Night Football. That's going to be a very tough game. Not saying they can't win, but uh, wouldn't be surprised if they lose that one. Then they play at the Broncos, which will be interesting because that's a flex game option. Then they play at Patriots Monday Night Football. And then first the Dolphins. So to me, the Bills should easily be able to go four and two. And this is their chance they could win win out and go six and zero. Um the Steelers is probably their toughest game. The scheduling's a little bit tougher for Buffalo just because if you look at Miami, they go to Denver and then they're at the Jets, but then they have three consecutive home games before they have to go to Vegas and then Buffalo. The Bills, on the other hand, go from home all the way on the West Coast to play the 49ers on Monday night. Come home on a short schedule to play the Steelers on Sunday night football. Then they have to travel back across the country to play Denver when they don't even know when that game's going to be yet. If it's going to be a Sunday or a Saturday flex game. Then you have New England on Monday night. So it's just a weird scheduling thing. All I have to say is do not take this Dolphins team lightly. Brian Flores is an outstanding coach. I think right now he deserves to be coach of the year. The only other person I would give it to is probably Mike Tomlin for the Steelers being undefeated still. But Brian Flores has done an incredible job. Everyone, um, including myself, was a little bit skeptical about putting Tua in because Fitz was playing so well. But I think they knew what Fitz was and everyone knows what Fitz is. So they went with the upside in Tua, and it's worked so far. Um, For the Bills, to me, the best thing that can happen for them is you have to be up one game going into um, Week 17 against Dolphins and beat the Patriots. Because if you do that, you clinch the division. Because at that point, if if you beat the Patriots, you're 5-0 in the division. So the worst you can go is 5-1 if you lost to Dolphins. Dolphins already have two division losses. And if you're one game up, you automatically secure the division. So you can do that. But let's just remind you, the Bills could still lose the division. If you lose that Patriots game, and then you lose the Dolphins Week 17, and they have a better record than you, and they're tied, you know, the Dolphins might have some more wins than you against AFC teams. Um, So something to keep an eye on. The Bills need to handle their business. Show up in primetime. Don't get blown out or look like you shouldn't be there. Show up like you did last year against the Cowboys. Show up like you did against the Steelers. Um, even against the Patriots second time, we played very well. Don't do what you get against the uh, Chiefs this year. Um, just do what you got to do. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. Show that you're a good team. Um, it's just going to be a tough stretch for the Bills. But we're getting healthier And I do think it's only a matter of time before Tua does have a game or two where he's going to struggle. He's a rookie. It's eventually going to happen. It's very rare in NFL history that a quarterback's just going to come in a few games in and just all of a sudden, you know, the rest of the way is amazing. Even Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert have struggled. Tua's only played three games. In the first couple games he's played, haven't even been that great. The defense has been kind of carrying the load. There's going to be times where Tua's going to have to step up and they're going to have to show it. He did that against Arizona, but he's going to have to do it down the stretch for them here. And there's eventually going to be a time where he's going to come up short. And I think that's where the Bills do have an advantage. 
Um, I know it was a long Sunday for Bills fans. It was for me too. But if you would sign up for 7-3 start the year, everyone would take that. And, you know, overall, I think we're in a good spot. I do still think we're going to win the division. I think the Bills are going to go 5-1 over their last six. I think the Steelers game is going to be really tough. But I do think they can beat the 49ers, Patriots, Broncos, and Chargers, and then the Dolphins, um, depending on the situation going into that last game. Um, final topic for today, Sabres Retro. Kind of go over this quick. Um, so fans were kind of begging for this for so long, and they kind of get what they want. You know, we've been asking for... You know the goat head jersey. A lot of fans have been for a while. We don't get it on the front. It is going to be on the shoulders. It's a white jersey. The Butter Knives logo from back in the day. The red jersey with the two swords. Um, without the buffalo. With the puck kind of in the background. The puck's blue. And the swords are like white and gold. Has buffalo across the bottom of the jersey. Says buffalo. I believe it's in white and gold with a blue um, font behind it. Um, I would still love if they would have done red and black. Um, just because I think that'd be a really cool look. I wouldn't have minded even them doing um, a throwback of the 40th anniversary jersey where it says the word Buffalo, and they would have done that in red and black. I thought that would have been really, really cool. Um, overall, I give it a B plus grade. Um, I think it could have went a little bit better. I thought if it was red and black, it definitely would have gotten A. Definitely could have been worse. There are a lot of cool retro jerseys. Um, I love that the Sabres finally were able to give the fans a little bit something back um, from the logo perspective. Brandon Montour with a very interesting tweet right after Sabres dropped his jersey. Ryan Miller tweeted a picture of himself and Danny Briere in the old red jerseys. Brandon Montour tweeted at Ryan Miller saying, how about you come finish your career here in those? He quickly deleted it about five minutes later. Very interesting. It's a point that a lot of people are bringing up, myself included. They need a better backup goaltender. Carter Hutton's not the answer. Bring back Miller on a one-year deal. Let him finish his career here, especially if Anaheim's not going to re-sign him. Really good story. Um, but that's really the only Sabres news that's going on right now until we kind of find out what's going to be going on with the season. We don't really have any dates for training camp, start dates, any of that yet. So once we do, we'll have a little bit more to talk about from that perspective. UB plays again tonight against Bowling Green, so make sure you go give them a look. Big favorites. They've been rolling through the MAC right now. Um, really fun to watch. Jarrett Patterson is a beast, um, so be sure to tune in for that. I'll be back again on Friday with another podcast. I'll probably be talking about reacting to the NBA draft um, next Friday. Me and Zach will be back with another NBA podcast episode, so I'll be saving a lot of the big things that have happened over the past 24 hours for agency with Chris Paul, uh, Drew Holiday, Robert Covington, James Harden, Rivers, all that stuff. We'll save that for next week for you guys. Um, but appreciate all the support. Thank you all for tuning in today. Um, stay strong, Bills fans. Um, go out and buy some new Sabres gear in the Royal Blue. It's all good stuff. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.